Welcome to the Money Love Podcast. I'm your host and money coach, Paige Pritchard. If you're ready to uplevel your results in relationship with money, you're in the right place. Each week, I give you the tools to transform your mindset, manage your emotions, and achieve results with your money you never dreamed were possible. Hi, love. Welcome to episode 89 of the Money Love Podcast. Welcome to week three of three of our organizing and decluttering series. I have really enjoyed this series, y'all, and it really sounds like you guys have as well. I've gotten so many messages from you guys saying that you loved this topic and you've really enjoyed this conversation around clutter in our external environments, clutter in our finances, how it's all related. I know a lot of you have snagged your free copy of my Every Little Detail book that we talked about last week. So many of you have said, like, thank you. This really is the kick in the pants that I needed to get. Not only my external environment organized, but my finances organized. You guys are telling me that you're rolling over 401k accounts, you're cleaning out your closets, you're getting your every little detail books filled out. It just all makes me so happy. So I'm really excited just to wrap up this conversation in this series today. I do want to say that in case you missed it last week, it's not too late to get a free copy of your every little detail book. I will put a link to download a copy in the show notes. And then also you can get a free copy by clicking on the link in my social bios, namely on Instagram and TikTok. My handle on both of those platforms is overcoming underscore overspending. So just go there, click on the link. You will see the button, stick in your email. You will get the book emailed directly to you. Now, to wrap up this series today, we're going to be talking about decluttering and organizing your mind, which I know out of the three, out of organizing your external environment, organizing your finances, and then organizing your mind, this category might seem the least exciting and the least riveting, but I promise you it is by far the most important because an organized mind leads to an organized life, and an organized life leads to organized finances. They're all interconnected, but I do think it all starts and begins with what's going on internally. All of these areas are interconnected and they have an impact on one another, which is why we're taking a week to cover all three. And I think that you'll realize by the end of this episode that your internal organization is so important and it should be prioritized because internal organization, aka the organization of your mind and your thoughts, always creates an external organization in your environment and your finances. So I want to start by giving you a pretty startling fact that you've probably heard before, but the average human has like 60,000 thoughts or something in that range a day. 60,000, y'all. I mean, that is a lot of thoughts. Now, Most of those thoughts are subconscious thoughts. Most of them, like 85 to 90% of them are subconscious, which means that they're happening subconsciously, automatically, habitually. We're not noticing them. We're not expending any effort or energy really to think them. But still, 60,000 thoughts is a lot of thoughts, and it does take up a lot of space and mental energy. And our minds can start to feel very heavy, very cluttered, almost like mentally we are being pulled in a million different directions. I think it's really different for every person. And I can only speak for myself because I've only been able to experience my own mind and no one else's mind. 
But I know for me personally, my mind can feel so cluttered sometimes. And when my mind feels cluttered, it's almost like my entire world feels cluttered. Like, I don't know if you feel that way. Sometimes the amount of clutter that I feel like I have in my mind feels so overwhelming. And it's like I have a million different thoughts all at the same time. They're all competing against one another. One minute my mind is over here, and then it's over here, and then it's in another place. And I often find that my mind is actually most active at night when I'm trying to go to bed, which is super annoying. My husband falls asleep quite literally in about 30 seconds. And I usually lie awake for 30 minutes to an hour just trying to get my mind to calm down. And I've actually started a practice at night that I'm going to be sharing with you guys later in the episode to help calm my mind down at the end of a day. Now, in the past, I didn't really have any methods or practices in place to organize my mind. Until I became a life coach and I started my certification process, I didn't even realize that this is something that you could do. I didn't realize you could organize your thoughts. I think for many of us, we think that these 60,000 thoughts that happen every day are just clutter. It feels like our brain is cluttered with thoughts, cluttered with judgments and negativity and overwhelming ideas, right? That's how most of us look at our brain. But when you go in and you look at your thoughts and you categorize them carefully, it is the equivalent of going in and cleaning up your house, of putting everything in its place, of finding and uncovering the stuff that you want to get rid of because it's not serving you anymore, but also identifying the stuff that you want to keep the thoughts and the beliefs that you want to keep, right? Because they serve a purpose in your mind and in your environment. Now, I'm going to be sharing with you best practices today on how to do this, but this process really starts with the recognition that your thoughts can become cluttered and built up and chaotic. Just how it's possible to become a hoarder of things, it's possible to become a hoarder of thoughts. And most people never realize that. So they never take the time to go through and organize their mind, to evaluate their thoughts. And again, ask themselves questions like, are my thoughts useful? Are they serving me? Or are they just taking up space? Are they making it so I can't breathe? I can't move around. I can't use the other more useful thoughts in my mind. Are my thoughts just random, unfocused, overwhelming? Or Are they deliberate, organized, and getting me closer to the life and to the results that I want to create? And I want you to really think about the thoughts that aren't serving you in your mind are just like the items in your environment that aren't serving you. It's clutter. And just how I've encouraged you to clean out your external environment and make it purposeful, I want you to do the same thing for your brain and for your thoughts. If we think of our brain and our thoughts like our external environment, we can think about it in a sense of, do you want to bring in new thoughts and new ideas and new plans very similarly to bringing in, let's say, new furniture, new items, new decor, new materials if we were organizing our home? Do you want to keep living in the same brain with the same thoughts without any real conscious thought about what you're thinking? Now, the entire point of this series is living a more conscious life, and I want you to go through the same process of decluttering your mind, of really understanding where do things go? What is their place? And do I want to keep them or not? 
when our mind is a place of purpose, our life and our finances will become a place of purpose and intention. And that is the entire point of the model. A controlled mind leads to a controlled environment and a controlled life. So that's why it's important that we take the time to organize our thoughts. But now what I want to do is I want to talk to you about the different categories of thoughts that we can have, so to speak, that we can then start bucketing our thoughts into, getting them organized. And then I'm also going to walk you through five practices that I use to organize my mind and my thoughts and how you can use them as well. So first of all, let's talk about categories of thoughts. The first main categorization that you can bucket your thoughts into is subconscious versus conscious thoughts. Now, most of us have heard about the difference between these two, but the main difference between conscious and subconscious thoughts lie on the basic human functions and mental processes. Our conscious mind is responsible for rationalizing and planning and logical thinking, where our subconscious mind is responsible for involuntary actions. So think of your subconscious thoughts like a reservoir of feelings, thoughts, urges, memories that are outside of your conscious awareness. And the function of your subconscious mind is to store and retrieve data. It's your subconscious mind's job to ensure that you respond exactly the way that you are programmed to respond in certain situations. Your subconscious mind makes everything you say and do fit a consistent pattern. It works 24 hours a day, even when you're sleeping. Your subconscious mind is controlling your body, your breathing, your organs, your cell growth, everything. Like I also said, most of the thoughts that you think are subconscious, most of those 60,000 thoughts that you're thinking, you don't even realize that you're having. But for this process and episode, though, we're mostly going to be focusing on your conscious thoughts, the thoughts that you are aware of and that you can notice. And even though most of the thoughts that we have are subconscious, we do have a lot of conscious thoughts that we can either A, notice in the moment that we're having them so that we can gain awareness over them, or B, we can uncover them after we've had them later on with the tools that I'm going to be sharing with you later in this episode. So we have conscious and subconscious. That's the first way that we can kind of bucket and organize our thoughts. We're mostly going to be focused on our conscious thoughts from here on out. Then you can really think about your thoughts in terms of three additional buckets, the past, the present, and the future. So let's start with the past. We would say that thoughts that you have about your past, we would call those memories, right? Memories are thoughts that you have in the present moment about your past. And a lot of us think that the thoughts that we have about the past are actually from the past, right? We think that memories are these things that aren't fluid. We think that memories aren't choices. We just think, oh, no, this is what happened to me in my past. But the crazy thing about memories are that memories are simply just thoughts. They are sentences in your brain about the past. Memories are not actually from the past. They are your interpretation of the past in this present moment. And I need you to see the difference because there is a big difference there. Memories are not from the past. 
They are not set in stone. Memories are actually very fluid and they are your interpretation of the past in this present moment. This is why you can have two people who lived through the exact same experience have totally different thoughts and memories about that same experience because it's all about the interpretation of the circumstances in the mind. The thoughts we have about the past are so interesting, y'all. I'll have to do a future episode about rewriting your past. It's a coaching tool because, again, the past simply exists in your mind as sentences, as an interpretation. We think it's set in stone, but when you realize the past are just fluid thoughts in your mind that you are choosing and piecing together, then you realize that you actually have the power to not only organize your thoughts about the past, but to actually rewrite them and to intentionally choose memories that serve you better moving forward. So that's the first category are the thoughts that you have about the past. We also have thoughts about the present moment. So many of the thoughts that we think on a daily basis are about what's happening to us in the present moment and about what's happening in our current environment. So here's something that I want to challenge you with. It's actually a really fun exercise. Just do this for one day. That's it. But go through an entire day and keep a thought journal, which means that you write down every thought that you have in a day about the present moment, about your day, about how you're feeling in the present moment, about what you're eating, about the weather, about your job, about your kids, about what's going on in the economy in that present moment, about what's happening in your home, about random strangers that you interact with throughout the day, whether it's at a Starbucks or on the road or on the internet. And at the end of the day, I want you to notice and to observe any themes that you see about what you're choosing to think about your present moment circumstances, and what is the general nature of those thoughts? Are they mostly positive, uplifting, inspiring, or generally are the majority of them negative and rooted in complaint? A coach that I love to learn from, her name is Jodi Moore, but she did a podcast one time that I thought was so interesting because I had never thought about it this way. The title of the podcast is called Complaint Addiction, and she talked about how as the human race, we have become addicted to complaining about things, and mostly the things that we complain about are present moment things. We complain about things that are happening to us in the present moment. Again, she calls it complaint addiction, and I think she's so right. I've actually done this before, done a present day thought audit of just going through one day and just writing down as many thoughts that I can catch myself having. And then at the end of the day, going back and reading through all of them. And it's so eye-opening just to see in a normal average day, the thoughts that we have about the things in our present day and how typically negative most of them are. Eckhart Tolle, who is another person I love to learn from, You should read his book, The Power of Now. But in his book, The Power of Now, he says, see if you can catch yourself complaining in either speech or thought about a situation you find yourself in, what other people do or say, your surroundings, your life situation, even the weather. To complain is always non-acceptance of what is. It invariably carries an unconscious negative charge. When you complain, you make yourself into a victim. 
So I want you to think about what are the thoughts that you are having in the present moment and what is the general nature category or charge of those thoughts that you're having in the present moment about your current circumstances. The last bucket that we can kind of place thoughts into are thoughts about the future. And I want you to really think about, okay, what do I have here? What lies here? Do I even have a lot of thoughts about the future? Do I spend most of my time ruminating on what's happened to me in the past and what's happening to me in the present moment? Or do I spend a lot of time thinking about the future? And again, the thoughts that I'm thinking about the future, what's the general nature of them and how do they make me feel? Do they make me feel excited? Do I feel encouraged and inspired when I think about future plans or when I have thoughts about the future? Does it somewhat seem like a black hole? Like I'm not really sure what's there. And if you're wanting help with thoughts about your future and your future self, I really encourage you to go listen to episode 76 of the podcast. It's titled Your Financial BFF because that episode is solely about the thoughts that you think about yourself in the future. And in that episode, I give you some really amazing questions and prompts that you can sit down and start working through and thinking through to get those juices flowing about the future. But I really want to encourage you to spend some time here because The thoughts that you have about the future is really the area where we have our highest level thinking, where most of our conscious thought happens because thoughts about our future have to come from a different part of our brain. They come from our prefrontal cortex. So these are all conscious thoughts that we're having because your prefrontal cortex is where we do our planning, our goal setting, our decision making. This is where I'm always saying we want to be making our future choices out of. That's why I call it your prefrontal power. It's the part of our brain that makes us unique as human beings. It's what sets us apart from animals in nature who are solely concerned with just seeking pleasure and avoiding pain in the present moment. But thoughts about the future can be an area where, again, you do your most powerful and intentional thinking. When you think on purpose about the future, you can plan your life on purpose. When you plan your life on purpose, you can claim the future as your property rather than just letting it happen to you in the rinse and repeat cycle that so many people find themselves in. So that's another category group that you can bucket thoughts into, past, present, future. And then the other category that I really want to just spend a little bit of time thinking about is your self-concept. Your self-concept is the thoughts that you think about yourself, what you believe to be true about you. I've already done a past episode on your self-concept, on your spending self-concept, but here is why uncovering these thoughts, cleaning them out, and organizing them are so important. Remember that your self-concept matters because of how your brain is designed to work. Your brain's number one job is survival. And the one thing that is most helpful to ensure that survival is certainty. And because your brain craves certainty, it wants to be right about whatever you believe to be true. So whatever you believe to be true about you, whether it's in relation to money or something else, your brain is always going to be A, seeking out evidence that supports your current self-concept, 
And B, through the chain of events of the model, you will always be living into your self-concept. You will always be proving the thoughts that you believe to be true about you true. And that is why your self-concept matters. So I've already done an episode breaking down this theory of your self-concept. It's episode 72. Go listen to that. And also within Overcoming Overspending, we spend an entire module talking about your self-concept, uncovering what it is, and then doing the work to form a new one that's going to serve you better. But I would say that this is the last category of thoughts that you really want to work on uncovering, decluttering, and making sure that they are purposeful and intentional. Because I honestly think that your self-concept, the thoughts that you think about yourself, are the most important thoughts that you think because they are the thoughts that are going to have the biggest impact on the results that you're going to be able to create in the world. So these are the general categories of thoughts that you're going to have. You're going to have subconscious and conscious thoughts. You're going to have thoughts about the past, the present, and the future, about things that are going on in your external world, your external environment, things that have happened to you in the past, things that are currently happening to you, in your present environment, and things that you think are probably going to happen to you or for you in the future. Those are really the thoughts that you have about your external world. And then you're going to have the last category of thoughts, which is your self-concept, the thoughts that you have about you. Now, once we know, okay, we have all these different categories of thoughts, then it becomes how do we actually start the process of organizing those thoughts, of decluttering them, of uncovering what are the thoughts that I have, how can I actually start to question them and challenge them, and then how can I actually start to clean them out so that my mind and my brain becomes a space that feels calm and clean and organized. Again, I have five tools that I'm going to walk you through that we can use for this process. So The first tool that I want to give you is a tool that is called a thought download. I highly encourage you to do a couple of thought downloads every single week. But a thought download, I usually start my day a couple days a week with a thought download, which essentially is picking a point in your day to just dump out your brain. A thought download is the equivalent of just keeping your environment clean. Like, You have to take out the trash consistently, and this is what a thought download is. You just have to sit down and you have to dump thoughts out of your brain. You need to get them out of your brain into the world in some sort of physical form. You can do this by writing in a journal. You can do this by typing in your notes app on your phone, or you can even do this if you're more of a verbal processor. You can pull out the voice memo app on your phone and just Start recording. Record yourself talking. A thought download is the equivalent of just taking everything out of the cupboards, everything out of the closet, and kind of doing an inventory of what's there. Kind of seeing, okay, what all do I have in here? What's pushed to the back of the closet? What's pushed to the back of the bathroom sink that I haven't pulled out in a long time and I haven't evaluated, but it's still there. It's still heavy. It's still clutter because it's taking up space. So that's the first tool that I want to encourage you is, again, a couple days a week, 
do a thought download. And you can do a thought download about anything, y'all. You can do a thought download about money, about your job, about relationships, about anything. A thought download doesn't even have to necessarily have a category. You can just sit down and you can just start writing about what's going on in your life, about how you're feeling. You can make lists. You can just write down random thoughts that pop into your head. Just the process of doing it uncovers so much. So that's the first tool is doing a thought download. The second tool are questions, the power of questions. So again, I've already done a past episode on this. I want you to go listen to episode 47. I know I'm giving you a lot of episodes to go revisit here. Episode 47 is called The Power of Questions. But another amazing tool that you can use to organize your mind is asking yourself really powerful questions. Ask your brain good questions and then have it go out and find the answers for you. Your brain is like a heat-seeking missile. Your brain does not like unanswered questions. So when you ask your brain a question, it's like a computer. It is going to go out. It is going to search for evidence, and it is going to answer the question. It's going to seek solutions. So this is why I'm always telling my students and my clients, like, I don't want you to say, I don't know. A statement closes the mind. A question opens the mind. So instead, I want you to ask your brain a really powerful question and then put your brain to work for you to figure it out. So instead of saying, I don't know, you can instead ask the questions, what do I need to do to know? If I did know, what would be the answer? If I was willing to make a decision in this moment, what would the decision be? Ask your brain really good questions and then set it out to seek answers for you. So often we ask ourselves what I call dead-end questions, which are questions like, why can't I figure this out? Why doesn't anything ever work out for me? Why does this keep happening to me? And these are dead-end questions because they lead to negative dead-end answers that will keep you trapped in a cycle of rinse and repeat and will keep you stuck in actions that give you more evidence to support the underlying beliefs of those questions, right? The underlying beliefs of you can't figure things out, nothing ever works out for you, bad things keep happening to you. But when you ask yourself powerful questions, you get empowering answers. And so questions truly are a tool that you can use to change your life. Not only because when you ask yourself powerful questions, you're putting your brain to work for you in a more purposeful way, But again, you're also using it as a tool to uncover a lot of thoughts and beliefs that you have that maybe you don't even realize are there that you can then begin to question, clean out, and replace with thoughts that serve you better. So that's the second tool. The third tool to organize your mind is really having a practice to organize your time. I need you to really think about when I start a day and when I go into a day, Am I clear? Is my mind clear on what I need to accomplish that day and how I'm going to utilize my time in order to ensure that I get done what I need to get done? Now, I follow a process called Monday Hour One, which is taught through my life coaching school, the Life Coach School. If you want to learn that process, literally just go Google Monday Hour One, the Life Coach School, and you can really take it from there. (laughs) 
I'm not a time management coach, so I'm not going to teach you the Monday hour one process. And this isn't to say you have to use the Monday hour one process. It's really just to have you think about, do I have a practice for organizing my time? Because when you can organize your time and when you're getting done the things that you need to get done, your mind will feel much clearer. It won't feel so cluttered. For me personally, I find that a lot of the clutter in my mind is like, I need to do this. I need to do that. Oh, I totally forgot about this. Oh, I have to add this to my to-do list. Oh, when am I going to make sure that I do this? When am I going to make sure that I do that? But by following a clear process of dumping out my brain, knowing what I need to get done, and then also knowing when I'm going to accomplish it, it creates so much more clarity and space in my mind for other things. So having a practice to organize your time is huge in terms of having a clear and organized mind. The fourth tool that I want to encourage you to engage in to have a clear and organized mind is to get coached. To get coached by a coach, someone who can look into your mind as an unbiased third party and who can point things out to you that are in your mind that you don't even realize are A, in there, and B, holding you back from the results that you want. So I get coached every single week for 45 minutes, and I get coached on a variety of topics. I come to my coach every single week. It's a general life coach, and we coach on anything and everything. Some weeks we coach on money. Some weeks we coach on relationships. Some weeks we coach on health, business. I can bring anything to my coach. But I promise you, at the end of a coaching session, there are so many things that my coach has pulled out of my brain and has very compassionately showed me. And they just say, I just want to bring awareness to this is something that you are thinking. And I know that you think that this is a fact and it's a circumstance of the world, but it's simply just a thought that you're choosing to think. And this is how this thought is playing out in your life. Coaching has been such an amazing tool for me to gain a sense of awareness of what is in my mind, of seeing things that I'm too entrenched in my mind to see, and then having a coach kind of sift through them and bring them all out to me to the surface so that I can clearly see them for what they are. I always say that the money that I pay to my coaches is the best money that I spend, hands down. It is the best investment that I make because it is by far one of the most powerful tools that I use to have a clear and an organized mind. And again, having a clear and an organized mind leads to a clear and an organized life and clear and organized finances. So if you're like, I can't make the investment in coaching, I promise you that by making the investment in coaching, you will receive an ROI on that investment that far exceeds what you're actually going to pay for it because of the connection of, having a clear mind, having a clear environment, having clear and organized finances. Again, you can find a coach for anything. You can find a general life coach, or sometimes what I'll do is if there's a specific area of my life that I really want to deep dive into, and I really want to collapse the amount of time that it's going to take me to create a certain result in a specific area of my life, like time management, like relationships, like business. I will hire a coach for that area. I can be your coach for money. So you can either hire me as your one-on-one coach or 
you can join overcoming overspending. Those are two options that you have to, again, collapse the amount of time that it's going to take you to create a certain result in your financial world. But again, I highly encourage you, if there is an area of your life that is average and you want to go from average to exceptional, get yourself a coach. And the biggest value of a coach is how they help you see your own mind that you are too entrenched in to see. That is the value of coaching. So that's the fourth tool. The fifth and final tool that I'm going to tell you about, and this kind of brings it all together like a sandwich, right? So the first tool I gave you was a thought download, which I typically like to do thought downloads at the start of my day. Like I told you, my mind tends to be very active at the end of a day. So something that I've actually started doing is before I go to bed, I'll get into bed with a journal and I will just journal about the current day. I will evaluate what did I do? What did I accomplish? Did I show up as my best and highest self today? I always like to ask myself, if I lived every single day like I lived today, would I be able to create the future version of Paige that I'm wanting to create? I do that first. I always think about and dump out my brain on the current day. And then what I do is at the very end of that process, I will give myself some time to think about the next day. And I will think about, okay, what do I need to get done tomorrow? What does my schedule look like tomorrow? What are my top three priorities of things that I want to get done tomorrow? And I will jot that down in the notes app of my phone so that the next morning when I wake up, I can dump out my brain. But then when I'm starting my day, I pull up my notes app and it's very clear, this is my day today. These are my top three priorities. These are the things that have to get done today. Now let's organize my day, organize my time, and go. So those are all of the tools that you can use, y'all. A thought download in the morning. Again, as you're going through your day, making sure that you are asking yourself powerful questions, not dead-end questions that are just going to keep you stuck in the rinse and repeat cycle. Do you have a method of organizing your time? Do you have a mentor? Do you have someone other than you that can look into your brain compassionately and say, I need you to see this. I need you to see how these thoughts and beliefs are holding you back, how they're not serving you, how they are hindering you from creating the results that you want. And lastly, do you have some sort of reflection process that you can do at the end of a day where you just sit down at the end of the day and you just say, this is how things went. This is what went well. This is what didn't go well. This is what I can do better moving forward. And this is what has to get done tomorrow. So that is organizing your mind. I'm going to leave you with some questions here. But really, the whole theme of today is when you let your mind just go, where does it go? What does it think about when you just let it think without direction? What are your obsessive thoughts? What are your habitual thoughts? Do you have thoughts that create desire for buffering? Where and when is your mind most efficient? Is your mind most efficient in creating over-desire and creating procrastination and creating judgment and creating drama? Or is your mind most efficient when it comes to creating your future and coming up with new ideas and creating value for yourself and for the people around you? So this is the process of cleaning out your mind. What do you need to let go of? What is outdated and no longer useful to you? 
What do you not want to think about anymore? What needs to go? What do you want to fill your mind with? What do you want to use your mind power to create? I want you to think about that. If you have limited mind power, what do you want to use it to create? Because it's always going to be creating something for you. But most of us are just recycling old thoughts and creating the exact same life over and over. And for many of us, it's a life that we don't want to keep creating. I just want you to imagine what it would be like if your brain was filled with thoughts that were beautiful, that feel good, that feel luxurious, that serve you. Because when you think thoughts like that, you get to feel the effect of that. You will get to have a deliberate life that those thoughts will create. If you get the inside right, the outside will fall into place. All right, you guys, love you all so much. Again, thank you for being here for this series all about decluttering, organizing, creating intentionality within your mind, within your external environment, and within your finances. It truly is a game-changing process. I'm so excited that so many of you have already embarked on this journey, but make sure you do it all. If you're going to declutter your external world, make sure you take the time to do your finances in your internal world. I love you guys so much. Have a fantastic week. If you have a couple of minutes, it would mean the world to me if you would share this episode with your network on social, tag me at overcoming underscore overspending. And also, if you have a couple minutes, make sure to leave your review on iTunes of the show so that you can be entered to win your free year of YNAB. But again, it also just helps the show grow strong. All right. Love you so deeply. Have an amazing week. I will see you next Tuesday. Bye. Hey, girl. If you enjoyed this episode, I want to invite you to join me in Overcoming Overspending. It's my signature program where I take you through my three-phase approach to stop impulse shopping and overspending so that you can finally start making substantial progress with your finances. Through the self-paced online program, student community group, and live weekly coaching with me, you will receive all the encouragement you need to finally achieve lasting change with your money habits that have been sabotaging you for so long. You'll have money back in your pocket. You will leave behind the stress and the worry that you currently experience with money and your spending will be controlled, purposeful, and actually feel good and be fun. The best part is it's 100% risk-free. You have a lifetime to implement my proven process. And after doing that, if you don't make your investment back, I will give you a full refund. Your results are guaranteed or the program is on me. Just head over to overcomingoverspending.com to get started. I can't wait to have you as a student within the program.